Hello, welcome to Extra Virgin, a podcast for gourmands who love to travel and travellers who love good food. I'm your host, Natasha Mirosh, an insatiably curious food and travel writer who's toured and tasted her way around more than 60 countries. Join me now as I talk to the people who make travelling and eating such a delicious adventure. Hey there, thank you for joining me for this episode of Extra Virgin Food and Travel. It's episode number 102. Now, the expensive accommodation can really bite into your travel budget, right? And if you're going to be away for a bit longer, a hotel room can start to feel not just impersonal, but impractical. I mean, at some time you're going to want to do washing or make your own breakfast. What's the solution? I'm talking to someone today who's going to tell us. She's going to share how you can get free homely accommodation all over the world. And no, it's not couch surfing. Home exchange has been something I've been curious about for a long time and I have lots of questions. So I'm thrilled to have someone on the show today who knows all there is to know about it. Fiona Ryan, who, like me, is Australian, has done many, many home exchanges. In fact, she's just come back from three months in Finland, England and the Netherlands where she stayed in three different homes. And as of late last year, Fiona put up her hand to become a voluntary territory representative for Intervac, who are a not-for-profit and one of the longest-running global home exchange programs in the world. Welcome, Fiona. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Natasha. Fiona, how and when did you first discover home exchange? Back in 2008, we decided we'd take a bit of a break from our careers and I was standing on a platform at the train station, decided, yeah, we'll go on that holiday. Now, how are we going to fund that? So I did some research and I found out about home exchange. So this is before the movie The Holiday Mm -hmm. um, where people did home exchange. Anyway, so I found out there's a whole world around home exchange. There are a number of sites across the world and I selected two home exchange sites Mm. and the one that we're still using is the European site, which is Intervac. So yeah, that's how I discovered it. And it was about offsetting our costs because obviously accommodation's expensive. Mm. And for a lot of the time we were able to swap cars and also about, you know, having some people in the house when you're away a long time, you want to make sure mm. that things are being looked after and everything's, you know, have got an, an eye on it. Yeah, absolutely. So you found Intervac and you signed up. What happened mm-hmm. then? Well, we got our welcome letters from Intervac saying welcome and build your profile and start looking, start looking for an exchange. And because Australia is very popular, almost straight away, I also got messages from various people around the world saying we are interested in coming. But we knew where we were going first, which was the UK. And I filtered the um, searches and found some UK people and managed to broker a quite a long exchange, three months, just outside Birmingham, which was Ooh. perfect for us because we wanted to decompress after tra- after working so long and those people came here. And, in fact, not only did those people come here, the reason they were coming, they'd been to Australia but they wanted to see if they wanted to live in Australia oh. and since then those people have actually emigrated oh, to wow. Australia. But, yeah, so that was it. And then we, we also organised many other exchanges for that trip but that was our first one Mm. and yeah so we talk about it often even now. And how many times have you exchanged homes since do you reckon? Well over a dozen I don't go through and count probably over 15, 16 mainly in Europe yeah also in Australia but some long some short but lots and lots of times now yes we're, we're regulars 
quite the expert. So can you talk us through exactly how it works? And I also know that Intervac is 70 this year. So how did it work back in the days before internet? Uh, back in the olden days. <laughs> yeah, so it is 70. So it's actually the original home exchange site, but it wasn't probably called home exchange. Yes, it's 70 years. What used to happen was people used to exchange letters and write back and forth and and try and work out exchanges. Mm. Then they moved to published catalogues. And then there's now, of course, an internet presence. And it's hard to imagine what life was like behind before email, but, but people obviously did it. It is quite funny when I joined the site, we had zero exchanges. There were people there that had 40 and 50 because they might exchange three times a year and do it for a week. But I, you know, that wasn't, didn't stop me having a go. And uh, yeah, what you do is you join, you pay a membership fee, you, you build, build a little profile of pictures of your home and the, the surrounds and talk about sites. So in my example in Brisbane, I would talk about how this is what Brisbane has to offer, has easy access to the beaches of the Gold Coast. It also has connections nationally and internationally. So just to give people a flavour of of what they're signing up for if they want to come and exchange. As I said, in Australia, and it could possibly be like this in other countries, people are always looking for new places to go. So you'll get contacted, but you don't wait to be contacted. If you know you want to go somewhere, whether that's to another state or another country, one saying, hey, I'm interested in exchanging. And this is all done via the website. So it's all automated. There's no writing to people separately in email. If you make an arrangement with someone, you might want to take that offline, but that's your choice. And then when you find someone that you want to exchange with, you fill out again on the website an agreement form and you agree on things like the dates, whether you want plants watered, as an example, Mm. are you swapping cars? Do you want them to do something that's particular at your house or location or not? Mm. So you put that in the agreement and then you sign the agreement and you go from there. Hmm. What about the criteria for offering your own place? Are properties vetted and what are some of the things that are, tend to be musts to mm-hmm. include? So so properties aren't vetted. They People present, take their own photographs, which it is quite refreshing to see photos that are taken by people where the (laughs) beddings might be a bit rumpled or, you know, something like there's some washing on the line. But people, of course, are going to try and show their houses in the best light. Almost all the homes that are on Intervac are family homes. So these aren't investment properties. These aren't Airbnb properties that are managed by site managers. They're people's family homes. So they're, they're comfortable and they're clean. Some are very nice mm. and some are some are just simple and plain so the idea is is that when if I looked at something and thought that's a nice house in Finland or I want to go to Finland I would take a look I could ask for more photos mm. there's recommendations from other people that have stayed there so you can read through those and look at the comments or look at what people have said you really need to use your judgment so it's all about one of the big tenets of Intervac is about community and trust and it's been going 70 years so it seems to work out pretty well. Mm. As to things that must be included, it it there's no must. There's no must, shoulds, shouldn'ts. When you list your property, you say I've got three bedrooms or I have two bathrooms or I have a barbecue or I have a car or 
we have a view of the city, what, mm. whatever it is that you list. Mm. Again, the person who's looking can look and see if that suits them. Mm. I'm also surprised at how often you've done it because you and I live in the same city. and <laughs> We do. I love it. I love it. But Brisbane probably isn't typically high on tourist must-see lists, but you've obviously had no problem at all exchanging your home. What do people come here for? I was dubious too. I thought, who who will come to Brisbane? Lots of people. So one of the things about Brisbane is it's on the very popular East Coast Tourist Trail and people I swap with have may have been to Australia before but have not been to Brisbane. And Perth, similarly, people, a lot of people stop in Perth on their way out of Australia. So why do they come? They come because they're gregarious travellers. Sure, they love to see the big sites, the Sydney Opera House, the Harbour Bridge. They might want to go to the wineries in the Barossa, but they also want to experience lots of other things like the beach or the outback or the wide open spaces. A lot of people that have stayed with us comment on the op shops, the thrift shops, (laughs) craft markets. Obviously, living in Australia, we have a lot of fresh air, a lot of blue sky, a lot of wide open lands. People want to experience all that and they want to have, they want to be able to walk down the road and have coffee, have a flat white, find out where flat whites came from. So they want to do those things. And then the other thing that's a a really big deal, having just been away for four months myself, free art galleries and museums. Mm. So really these people are people who are looking for things beyond face value. They want to learn a bit, Mm. live like the locals do. And there's definitely an element of trust in it, isn't there? I mean, how do you ensure that people don't steal your things or trash your house? That's the number one question I get asked by friends. So there's a couple of things that, yes, there's an element of trust. Of course, there's an element of trust, but there's a couple of things there. The first thing is, is that while someone's in your house, you're in their house. So why would someone fly halfway across the Mm. country or the world to come to your house to trash it, knowing that you're visiting them? So there's that sort of, I suppose, insurance and inverted commas. The other thing is, is that people on this site have been around for a long time and even new people that join, they're joining in the spirit of trust and community. I've never had an issue. I, you know, there may be a coffee cup broken. I do put away some things before we leave. Some people might put away their diamond rings. I put away my microplane grater. So I put away things that I don't want people using them or they don't know how to use them. Like another thing I put away is the soda stream because people don't know how to use it to come from, yeah. you know, other parts of the world. So in general, it is about trust, but I, and that's quite unusual in this sort of world. Of course, you have to make sure you've got your home insurance up to date. You know, you do all those things that you would do if you were living in your own home. Mm. I'm just going to explain for our international listeners. I'm not really sure if a soda stream is a typically Australian thing, but in case it's not, people, it is a carbonation system. So you can make your own soft drinks, basically, or or mineral water. So I don't know. Is it Australian? I don't know. It's not Australian. The reason we put it away is we've had a couple of situations where people have tried to carbonate already made soft drink. <laughs> And yeah, it's just about, I don't, I'll give you an example. An example is 
we just visited Finland and one house we had had two saunas, not just an electric sauna, but a wooden sauna as well. Mm. We chose not to use the wooden sauna and I think probably our exchange partners were very relieved about that. But I suspect some people Mm. may try and do that and could possibly burn down the house. (laughs) What about people who've stayed at your place apart from having problems with the soda stream? Mm. What's your experience been with that? It looked fine. As far as the house goes, they always leave it. in. We, so we, of course, you clean your house before you leave. You know, you leave things tidily. If people are coming for a week, they're basically taking your house as they see it. If you're going away for four months like we do, we really ran down our pantry and fridge because we just didn't want that crowded crowding into people that were visiting the people and so the house is always left in a good condition it's neat and tidy the same way we would and then as to the people well some people we you know don't really see or talk to because we've had our holidays there are other people that we've made a real connection with and we still talk via you know the wonders of the internet and one of them I recently when I was in England he was coming from France to collect his son's car in England as you do you just catch the ferry and we met up at Paddington station so what I find is a lot a lot of the people originally when Intervax started with they were teachers mm. so a lot of those people are still teachers or former teachers or are in professions but the last people we swapped with from England one of those people worked at the BBC and mm. had young children not not really little babies, but there's a real mixed bag and, and I'm still friends with that person too on Facebook. So I, it's it's good to make those connections, I think, outside your, your day-to-day life. Mm. And what about some of the more memorable places that you've stayed? Mm. We stayed in an apartment in Barcelona for a week. That was great because it was very central and it happened to be connecting mm. onto um, train lines, metro lines. Unfortunately, there was a lot of rain that week, but that's not their fault. <laughs> but that was great because that was really central. And for anyone who's travelled to Spain would know Barcelona's a must-do and very expensive to stay yeah. in. Hobart, we stayed in a house in Hobart, which overlooked the Derwent River, so it had amazing views. And we were staying there over Christmas and New Year, mm. so we also had great views of the fireworks on New Year's Eve. Beautiful. And then very recently, just a month or so ago, we spent a month in the north of the Netherlands in a town, and I apologise to the Dutch for this pronunciation <laughs> of Groningen, which is a large town, 250,000 people in the north of the Netherlands, which was amazing, compact, walkable, beautiful buildings, great food. So, mm. yeah, there, there's some things that really stand out. Mm. And apart from obviously saving heaps of money, particularly in places like Barcelona, what do you think are some of the advantages of home exchanging? Uh, I think you you think you know a country, any country. You think, you you know, you know a pastiche of what that's about. And then when you go there, you find out a lot more. You think the Dutch eat bitter bollen and cheese and ride bicycles and have windmills. Do they? Don't they? The answer (laughs) is to all those yes, 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 yes. (laughs) But you learn a lot more. You learn about Mm. the people because you're encountering those people every day in the shops, in the markets, at the museums. You learn. So I might think of the whole of Scandinavia as one, one big sort of region, Nordic region, 
well, having been to Finland and to um, Denmark, mm. those people are very different. Mm. So you learn about that and I think that's good. I think that's, again, good to take away and learn about more about the world. gives you conversation with people. People laugh. Every time I would say we were swapping in Kroningen, they would say, oh, do you have family here? And <laughs> we'd say no. And they'd say, why are you here? Mm. And I said, to see to see the country. <gasps> They were impressed and stunned and it because, of course, they'd be saying what I'd be saying. Why would you come to Brisbane? Mm. Why would you come to Groningen? So I really it's about the people that make it and, of mm. course, some fabulous sites along the way and some bragging stories. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you can only go and see the big sites so many times, can't you, before yes, it yes, starts to weave right. in. So many churches and galleries. Yeah. Yes. And you're mm. elbowing tourists out of the way and stuff. We often end up having to go to a laundromat when we travel because, you know, you <laughs> just get to the stage where you need to wash your clothes. And we have met so many lovely people in mm. laundromats around the world who've given us, us lifts back to our hotel, taken us for tours around the city, you know, there's an authenticity. If if we really do want to see how people live, it's not going and hanging out at the Treby Fountain or, you know, going up the Eiffel Tower. I mean, how well, that's many- right. Yes. And just on laundries, well, of course, house swaps <laughs> normally come with a laundry and a kitchen. <laughs> and as someone who loves food but does not want to go to a restaurant every mm. breakfast, lunch and dinner, having yeah. a kitchen is just ideal. Oh, it's it absolutely is. It gets to the stage when you just when you're traveling when you're just like I do not want to go out to another restaurant and sit mm. sit looking at my partner surrounded by strangers and spending money and just being on my best behavior. And a lot of these places have beautiful produce markets and you don't get the opportunity if you're staying in a hotel to try some of that produce unless you've got your own kitchen. That's right. That's right. And you know, as we all know, nothing replaces salad or vegetables. <laughs> Do you think that you are also injecting some money into the local economy in a different way than you might be if you were staying in a hotel? Oh, look, absolutely. And I mean, I talk about Kroningen because that's our most recent exchange. But in that example, that's not a tourist town. That's just a town where people live. So they do have a few chain stores, but Mm. most of that money was going back to the community or to the region. Absolutely. And it also gives you an opportunity to, if you're there for two days and you've you've only got two days, you're going to see the highlights. But if you've got a week or a month, you'll take the time to decide, no, this is the best place or I like this or this is local. And very much for people coming to Australia, they ask, they do ask, we want to buy some Indigenous art, where is the best place to buy that? Or we want to buy a souvenir t-shirt, what, you know, what do you suggest? Because they, they want to make sure that money's going to the people who live in the country. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, we 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 spend a lot of money. We wildly spend money, but not on accommodation. We 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 do it on other things that you know please us. Mm. What do you think is the typical home exchange person? I mean, you've talked about in the old days, a lot of them were teachers. Mm-hmm. Do they tend to be older people who are retiring who have the time to travel? And are they doing it for the environment, for the authenticity? What's what's the reasoning behind wanting to do this? Do you think? I think when we started sort of a decade ago, 
very much a lot of teachers and some profession, other professionals and lots of people moving into retirement. I would say still people we exchange with, I, I don't want to say I'm getting a bit old, but when we started, people were 20 years older than me. Now they're only 10 years older than me. <laughs> but more and more, I'm seeing younger people, so couples mm. or younger people with families who want to go beyond their shores, beyond their borders. And when we grew up, again, I don't want to say we're old, <laughs> I can't imagine my mother pulling me out of school for a month and saying, well, we're heading off across the world, mm. whereas now that's very acceptable. Mm. So there's a, it's a real mix. I mean, obviously people need to have the money to travel. Mm. And if you're traveling to Australia or the United States, you've got to have that money for that airfare. Mm. But yes, there, there are people that are professionals or semi-professionals who have you know, reasonable jobs. There's stay-at-home parents as well. And what they're looking to do is to expand their horizons or their children's horizons and to see, yeah, to see more of the world, as I've said, to to stay beyond just seeing the sights. As, as I think we can agree, Brisbane has a lot to offer, mm. but you need to be here and be reading the local council newsletter or going going on the websites. Our most recent exchanges got to go to the Brisbane Festival. Well, if you're coming for two days, that's probably not going to coincide. So, yeah, there, there, there's still a lot of teachers on there because it, it, it started as teachers and I suppose teachers themselves, it tends to be an intergenerational thing. So in, in the States, there's a, there's a, you know, I talked about Europe because that's where we've gone, of course, Intervax International. In the States, there's also a lot of retirees, a lot of swaps in Florida, people that love golf. But hmm. there are many people for some reason, I'm not sure why, many people in the Pacific Northwest and hmm. up around Vancouver and places Ooh. like that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, many. So, yeah, pockets of people talk, I suppose, to pockets of other people and and and. That's why I love Intervac because, or Home Exchange, I do lots of walking tours when we visit countries mm. and people say, oh, where are you staying? And I say, oh, we're staying in a house. And I just talk to them about that and encourage them to, well, of course, go to where it's the site I'm on, but any site to mm. really enrich their holiday. That's fantastic. And I'm going to be looking into the, the Northwest because I'd quite like to go to Canada. But mm. finally, Fiona, you've been doing this for a long time. So can you give us your top tips about home exchange, all the things you've learned over the years? Mm. So put away your microplane grater and soda stream. But other than that, <laughs> I, I, I suppose the thing is, is it's about patience. This isn't booking.com, not sponsored. This is about looking for a location that's right for you. Like I said, we have lots of people that write and I saw one in my inbox this morning from Iceland. I think, oh, Iceland. Now, unfortunately, I won't be going to Iceland because I've been before. And the other thing is, is that's a long way and I've just come back from a you know, a, a long holiday. So I'd just say no. But what I'd say is these things take time. Those people from Iceland, they'll write to a number of other people and they will find someone that wants to do a swap at the time that they want to do. The other thing I'd say is be flexible. Sure, you want to go to London and have an exchange, but maybe you're not going to London. Maybe you're doing what I'm doing and you're going to Reading and then that's just an express train in, a 40-minute trip if you want to go into to London. So be flexible. Think about, you know, you, it, it takes time to build a relationship. Writing to someone saying, I want to exchange on these dates, they might write back and say, 
that's fine. Then they'll say, oh, that's over Easter. Can you move that by a week? So you've got to sort of, you know, there's a give and take about and in those discussions. Things don't happen in the in the blink of an eye. And so that's how, when you do that, that's how you build that relationship. That's when you find mm-hmm. out that person you're exchanging with is actually coming to Japan to visit their daughter who lives there and then they're coming on to Australia. Mm-hmm. So take the time to, you know, select where you want to go, contact the people. It's okay to say no. You don't have to say yes to anyone or everyone. You have to say what's right for you and fits your plans. But there's enough people on the site, you know, there's there's thousands and thousands of people that you're probably inevitably going to find someone that's willing to do that. I, for Australians, I can't stress how popular Australia is. For, for other people, people in other parts of the world, it's the same thing. Italy, everyone wants to go to Italy. You know, Italy has a lot of towns, so there's a lot of opportunities to go and see a different part of Italy. And listeners, Fiona and Intervac have an offer for you. Now, Intervac are not connected in any way with Extroversion. They are not a sponsor, but Fiona's kindly put together this this offer. I'll let her tell you about it, but I'll also put the details on the Extroversion website along with some contact details for Intervac. So Fiona, take it away. Okay, so Intervac, like I said, is one of many home exchange sites. The benefit for me is they've been around a very long time, like I said, 70 years. When I joined, they didn't have a free or a a temporary membership, but they do. So they have an opportunity to join free for 21 days and anyone can do that from anywhere in the world. You go to the website, you don't provide a credit card, they're not taking your credit card details and what you do is you set up a profile with a few pictures and destinations, and that really gives you a good chance to have a look at Intervac from the inside, to have a look and contact people, to do all those things. If you're interested, after that 21 days in joining, you pay a membership fee. So normally it's $100 for one year. This is $100 Australian dollars and $150 for two years. So I've arranged for Australian listeners for the Extra Virgin podcast that they can get a discount code. So the discount is 10%, so not 100, 90 or not 150, it'd be 135. And the code, which Natasha will put in the notes, but the code is extra V10. So extra V10, all in capitals. So if you are interested in joining and doing exchanges, it's less than $2 a week. Mm. So it's not a lot of money. And there are people that do join and don't end up doing something for whatever reason, maybe time gets away. And it's not a lot of, it's not a huge outlay. Mm. Well, I mean, it sounds like it, you know, for, for that amount of money, it sounds like it's a very worthy investment compared to, I've just come back also from a holiday, only three weeks, not as long as you, but you know, the major expense of course was accommodation. So Mm. this sounds Mm. like a, a very good alternative and I also, I love the idea of having more immersive travel experiences. So after a little bit of reassurance from you that we've just had, I think I'm going to go and have a look and give it some serious consideration. Okay, well, that sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Fiona. It has been fascinating. I've been wanting to talk a long time about this and, and find out more about it. So I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us a little bit more about Home Exchange. Well, thanks, Natasha. Thanks for having me on. Well, that's it for this episode of Extra Virgin Food and Travel. I hope you've enjoyed it. 
And listeners, I love hearing from you. So if you have any suggestions or ideas of topics you'd like me to cover, whether food or travel, please feel free to drop me an email at extravirginfoodandtravel at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, for your company. And wherever you are in the world, bon voyage and bon appétit. You've been listening to Extra Virgin, a podcast for the Epicurious. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can follow Extra Virgin Food and Travel on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. If you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe, rate and leave a review. And if you'd like to help support Extra Virgin and keep us ad free, please consider buying us a virtual coffee on the website www.extravirginfoodandtravel.com.